0: I'm Reverend Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. And we're coming to you from the Kodo of the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. dharma ram podcast for january 6 2012 and today we're talking about tron and buddhism so i finally saw tron legacy and somehow this
1: episode is all my fault yes (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't believe that but apparently after harry saw tron i said there were some buddhist elements to it yeah
0: i was just excited about seeing the film finally a year after it came out um
1: and then you took it, and. just just let our listeners know, Harry took like 12 pages of notes to prepare for today's episode, which might be like the most research he's ever done for one of our episodes. Yeah, it might be my
0: most <laughs> research I've ever done for anything.
1: <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about Tron today, and uh, between uh, the two of us, I think we are the only people who care about Tron. So um, Tron, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, was a movie that came out a year ago. Uh, Tron Legacy came out a year ago. It's a, a sequel to a movie from 1983, 82, something like that. Somewhere around there. Um, the original Tron, which was uh, universally uh, held to be one of the worst movies ever. But we don't think so. We think that the, the original Tron is actually a very interesting, a uh, very groundbreaking film. If yeah. You ask me. It not, it's, not, it's not a great movie. <laughs> but they're, you know, they're fun sci-fi movies. And, and, and as uh, our listeners know, Harry and I like, like sci-fi. So, uh, run with it,
0: Harry. Okay. (laughs) I mean, one uh, big thing about the the first Tron movie uh, was that it was kind of about video
1: games. Sure. (laughs) It wasn't kind of about it. Yeah, it it is like video games,
0: right? (laughs) It's about computers and video games. Um, Video games became huge in Mm -hmm. uh, the like what mid late Mm -hmm. seventies, and they just kept getting better and better, uh, and so Tron, like the, the the first one, right, is about uh, this this guy Flynn who who makes video games and is like a master of video games, and then he gets in the video game. Right, right. We're trying not to do spoilers, but I don't think that's going uh, too far. Really, uh, yeah. um, <laughs> And there was actually a Tron video game. There were a couple, uh, right? There were a couple, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you could go and actually play it. So after seeing the movie, uh, and like then getting we, to we, play the we game, we probably was, both
1: wasted a lot of quarters yeah, on yeah, on, yeah, yeah. On Tron. Anyway,
0: it's a Disney film also, uh, to give a little more um, kind of weird slash interesting background. Um, And, you know, I tend to rail against Disney, especially that pre-Lion King, Mm -hmm. you know, like Disney really had a renaissance with like Lion King and and movies like that, right? Um, But I tend to um, put it down like from, what, 60s, 70s on, but I forget that. Both Tron and Black Hole were Disney Another great films. piece of yeah. cinema, yeah. Surely. And they're not, to me, they're not that <laughs> bad. Sure, they're not great films, but I don't think they're horrible films. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to get to this later, um, you know, how in viewing this kind of film, like how our, our perceptions kind of affect uh, our um, perception of the film, right? right? But, but we're going to get to that later. Today, we just want to talk about Tron and Buddhism.
1: yeah. Mostly, I think, because uh, uh, of this question of what, it, whether or not something can be a Buddhist movie. We've, I think we've talked in, in a previous episode about Buddhism and music, um, and I know we've talked about Buddhism and sci-fi and 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 I think we've hinted at this question of Buddhism in, in movies. Um, I remember when the movie first came out, I saw a few people online, like uh, you know, mention that Jeff Bridges is in it, and Jeff Bridges apparently does some Buddhist practice. Um, and there's you know, there's a scene in, in *Tron Legacy* where um, his character is meditating, um, and there's um, some other references to Buddhism, explicit references. Um, and then there's other movies out there that people just assume are Buddhist and they get all, you know, people get all excited about them. And I always sort of have this question about what makes something a Buddhist movie um, or what makes something or, or can you just sort of analyze something from a Buddhist point of view? Which right, I think right, are two different right. ways of looking at it. Right. Right. Give a
0: Buddhist interpretation of a film. Right. Versus claiming that it's a Buddhist film.
1: Right. Or even a third possibility of saying, let's watch this movie, but not interpret it from a Buddhist point of view. But can we use elements in this movie to help us understand Buddhist ideas,
0: uh-huh.
1: which oh, is a third possibility. Yeah. And, you know, I see people do this a lot in, in sort of online uh, or in just in conversation. Um, and it's interesting because there are some very explicit Buddhist references in Tron, but nobody has talked about it as far as I know. Um, and maybe that's just because it's sort of this sort of like cheesy movie that people don't take seriously. <laughs> Except for Harry Fools. And I.
0: <laughs> So some of the Buddhist elements, go! <laughs> well, can we think about some other quote-unquote Buddhist movies? Um, just to kind of give some background. like Sure. What you're talking about. The uh, one that I saw was The Matrix. Yeah, and I think that's a um,
1: horrible movie. I mean, <laughs> let me rephrase that. I loved the first Matrix. The yeah. second two are you know, oh, yeah. I don't even um, acknowledge the existence of the second yeah. two. But a lot of people li- like to claim that The Matrix is a, a Buddhist movie or has Buddhist elements in it. And if that's the case, I get really, that makes me kind of sad because um, I think the overall sort of... Uh, idea of The Matrix is that the real world is really, 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 really lousy, and it's it, it makes the alternate reality look so much better. Like, if you had a choice between mm-hmm. being woken up in reality, why would you choose to live in a underground cavern where there's, you know, no sunlight? Wouldn't you rather be in The Matrix, which is totally awesome and fun? Mm-hmm. Plus, it's just, a you know, an overtly, horribly violent movie that raises lots of, I think, important moral and ethical questions that... If you put those into a Buddhist context,
0: it's like, hmm, I don't know. Mm.
1: <laughs> I think people get sort of like, oh, there's kung fu in it, so it must be Buddhist. It's like, well, <laughs> <on." laughs>
0: Yeah, and The Matrix, I think an important point to make is that um, there's a lot of different stuff going on in that film. Yeah. And there's a lot of Christian imagery in there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, you, you, I think you'd be hard-pressed to claim that it's exclusively a Buddhist movie. Right. Um, and right. you could probably be very critical of it as a Buddhist film.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. And then there's this other movie called uh, Groundhog Day. Which everybody uh, thinks is a Buddhist movie.
0: I never thought that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, and and I've had conversations with folks, and I've said, you know, there's this movie, Groundhog Day, and people, you know, think it's a Buddhist movie, and then someone will say, oh, well, the director once said in an interview that it was a Buddhist movie, and I think, well, it's funny because I read an interview with him where he said the exact opposite, that he had no intention to make a Buddhist movie, which of course raises the question of whether or not you can like that what what the intention of the director. Means and, and interpreting a movie, and whether or not that matters, and there's a whole school of thought about that. Right. Um, but you know, in, in *Groundhog Day*, there's no overt, uh, there's no overt religious uh, imagery at all. There's it's no really overt, kind of like a
0: fantasy romantic yeah, comedy. Yeah, there's no I'm
1: overt looking. Buddhist elements to it, and the reason I think people interpret it as a Buddhist movie is because he goes and repeats the same day over and over again, and eventually. Learns and grows from his experiences, and I think people try to make a parallel there with samsara and the round of rebirth, and mm-hmm. um, which to me actually seems more like a, a like a, a Hindu view of cosmology, right? And we're trying to make a better rebirth next time and get mm-hmm. higher and higher. Um, but the other thing is, I've seen lots of people review uh, or interpret Groundhog Day from a Christian point of view for the mm-hmm. exact same reason. Ah. So I think that Groundhog Day is a good movie because it opens up the possibility of being interpreted from many different perspectives, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's claimed as a Buddhist movie is interesting to me because it's not overtly Buddhist. Mm-hmm. And so that raises that question of what makes something Buddhist, and why do we claim, you know, why do Buddhists claim certain films or certain pieces of art as ours, so to speak, right, 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 um, right. and not others, right? right, right. You know, so again, here we have Tron, where we have Jeff Bridges, who's actually a Buddhist or does Buddhist practice, who is sitting around in meditation with a mala beads, makes an explicit Zen reference in the movie. Right. and At know, least once, if not a couple
0: of times. Possibly. Well, an explicit, he actually uses the word Zen. Right, right. Okay, I'm going to have to go through my notes. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he
1: doesn't actually have five pages of notes. He only has... I am mean, 12 pages. He only has five pages. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> we can cut that
0: out <laughs> So... Yeah, so that's one interesting thing about Tron, is that there are these, like, explicit... seemingly explicit Buddhist references. Right. Uh, which is interesting, because the world that he's in is... It's, like, it's, it's kind of like The Matrix in the sense that it's completely not
1: reality. it's, yeah, it's like a it's virtual reality, reality inside yeah. the computer somewhere
0: yeah. or, or out there or wherever it is, right? Right. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, see, I when the first time I watched it, I, I think I, I kind of, I did obviously hear him say the word Zen or saw him sitting on the cushion, but I just didn't see um, the the Buddhistness of it. Um at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and then watching it again, uh, you know, you, I think that the themes are kind of in there, uh, but then it's portraying Buddhism in a certain way too. Mm-hmm. If if it is Buddhism, well, let's just call it Buddhism for now, because you know, like you say, it is kind of explicit. But uh, and you think there's kind of a critique? Yeah, because um, or at least that Buddhism doesn't look that good, really. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's interesting too, because some of what. Um, we learn about Flynn is from Quora, mm-hmm. and who is this? Um, his kind of disciple, mm-hmm. seemingly, right? And so she talks to, uh, and you're going to have to have watched the film <laughs> to
1: understand a lot of Well, that. Let me, let's, before we get into that, okay. let's just do a, a really brief summary or, or overview with, 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 without doing any spoilers, because okay. I know you're worried about that. Yep. Um, uh, the, the sequel is, it's a sequel to the first movie, and Flynn is the proto- one of the protagonists of the first movie. Now he's a much older person, obviously. He has a
0: son. Wait, what's his name? Larry Flyn? Larry Flynn. No, that's a different movie. Kevin Flynn. Kevin Flynn.
1: (laughs) Anyway, his son, Sam, goes into the world of the computer looking for his father. Um, And uh, there's this rogue program called Clue who Flynn created, um, who's taken over the system. And uh, Sam eventually finds his father, and his father has this uh, other computer program disciple named Cora. And they are all struggling to overturn clues,
0: evil rain, or whatever you want to call right. it. Um, there, go, go ahead. Here. Okay. <laughs> so, Quora um, says about Flynn that he's spent years going internal, trying to remove himself from the equation.
1: Right, which is a very which if you that's that to me is one of the obvious Buddhist references that comes out of a sort of generalized
0: yeah, like a very general yeah. kind of Zen view of kind of, of what thing zen might be yeah right um or at least i've heard that similar phrase in buddhist discourse okay see i haven't really like just looking at it now and thinking about it um i mean i think you can see it you can kind of interpolate it i when i hear it i think more of like um sports maybe or music definitely like a certain approach to music where uh trying to uh not get in the way that the music like so i think jazz and improvisational music is like where a lot of this happens mm-hmm. where um you know grateful dead is an example too and they would talk about like when we're playing there's like something else happening it's not us we're like conduits for this magic to come out right and um there's a german group called can too that were. are um We did what they called spontaneous composition, and it was 100% improvised. They didn't talk about anything, and they would just go in and start playing, and they'd create this music that way. And I remember seeing an interview with them, and one of them saying, um, we'd be playing, and I would just think to myself, please, please don't get in the way. Don't ruin this. That something else is happening, and that if the ego or if somehow... So that's like removing oneself from the equation, that you're not getting in the way, that you're allowing this stuff to happen. Uh, so that's kind of interesting, and it's—I it, mean, thinking about it that way, uh, it's happening in the context of composition, creation, mm-hmm. right? Um, sports, I would think, might have similar metaphors. Wasn't, who was that coach who had like that whole thing on Zen and everything? I don't know if that had anything to do with this. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not into sports <laughs> at all.
1: So. Uh, you mean the coach of the?
0: What, uh, I don't know. Anyway, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just so the idea. That basketball coach. He was a. Yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. And I could see like you know being in the game, right? So that you're not. Um, if you're thinking too much, if you're second guessing, or if you're if you're um, in the way, then you're if have become part of the equation and you're messing things up. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, so that's a possible. That's a p- one possible uh, um, interpretation. But the interesting thing too is that they have a go set up in the film. Like Uh they show this, um, it looks like a chessboard kind of with the black and white stones. It looks like Othello really, (laughs) right? Um, But Go is like this very difficult East Asian strategic game, Uh right? And um, Quora says, um, is relating it to this, and she says, my strategy is more aggressive, right? Right, That I'm trying to be aggressive and trying to make things happen. His is to, to like remove, so it's kind of this interesting passive active thing I think is how it plays out in the film. right? Um, And so that's where, to me, it becomes, uh, I think it gets actually kind of critiqued in the film. Yeah. Um. Right.
1: I mean, it it all seems very Buddhist to me, I think, in in part just because of the way the movie is set up and the way it's uh, uh, not set up. Um. Art direction and, and setting right, right, right. and all of it, everything yeah, all of this yeah. is happening in in Flynn's little mountain retreat so to speak mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and you know when you first see him he's sitting in what looks like zazen mm-hmm. he's got mala beads on his arm um, you know it, it's so it, it, they sort of set him up as this kind of you know guru like kind of figure wait, 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 so wait. it's hard not to read some of this Buddhist stuff into it right. um, more subtly in, in a, a similar scene around that one though, when he's talking about these programs like Cora, um, that sort of come into being in this alternate reality, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he says he doesn't—he didn't create these uh, these uh, uh, beings, if you will—but
0: they emerged. You have it right, right, in, right on right. our so, so, yeah, there's this whole backstory, and he talks about these—they they call them the Isos, yeah. the isomorphic algorithms. We're not really sure what they are, but they're a different class of being in right. this in this um, alternate this virtual world, and he says that um, they weren't created, they manifested like a flame. They weren't really from anywhere. The conditions were right, and they came into
1: being. Right. And when I heard that, I was like, that, that to me sounds entirely like Buddhist cosmology. Mm-hmm. You know, that there is no creator in Buddhist cosmology. Things manifest, because mm-hmm. of causes and conditions, the conditions are right, so these beings manifested. So we have our own karmic causes and conditions that manifest the world in which we live. Mm-hmm. That to me seems like a very uh, Buddhist perspective. Oh, interesting. Um, but it's very very subtle. Like I don't think that. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't think that any normal person. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> whatever whatever catch that. And, and, right. I, and I say that because I think that another way to look at this whole the whole narrative of the movie is that Flynn has created a world and he creates a program in his own image. Mm-hmm. So you could look at the whole creation of this world in a very Christian right. sense, right? Where right, right. Flynn is this god who's created the world and he's created this image, this, this other program in his image, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to these isomessic pro- programs and the way that Flynn talks about them, he talks about them to me in a way that's very creator-less. They didn't, he didn't create them, right, right, they right. just emerged,
0: which is how, from a Buddhist point of view, how we got here. Right, 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 right. So it's, it's interesting. There's a few different themes going on. Yeah. There's the whole, I mean, there's definitely like a Christian aspect to it and the whole creator deity and then Clue is kind of the, this, like, it looks like. Jeff Bridges, right, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure, I think it's, I read somewhere that it's actually like computer generated. Oh,
1: yeah, it's a, um, there, there, there's an, an actor who is the body double of okay, Blue, okay. and then they digitally created Jeff Bridges' younger face on that actor's body. That's Very, cool.
0: It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's well done. You're a geek. I'm just a geek, but I mean, you hear that and you're like, oh, that's really neat. I'm glad they did that, right? Yeah. And it's, um, if this movie had been done in the 70s, it would be they like, would not you know, have been, it would just, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> have like the mirror thing and you can kind of, you know, the, you can tell there's one guy on one side. <laughs> of um, but yeah, this whole thing with the ISOs is interesting because in one sense, I think it's not necessarily a Buddhist thing. It's more the critique of the arrogance of humanity to think that it can create something perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Or, or, you know, the I ar- don't know. I mean, that no. whole ISO thing, I have a hard time. I don't know what that is all about. <laughs> I mean, it's neat because, see, I went through and watched it last night yeah. and, like, typed out the important stuff, like, transcribed the, the dialogue and stuff, and talking about the ISOs right after saying that, you know, they came into being when the conditions were right. I mm-hmm. didn't make them, mm-hmm. right? He says, gods, spirits, aliens, and intelligence beyond our own. Right? uh like flowers in a wasteland profoundly naive, unimaginably wise uh, spectacular right and so it's it's kind of interesting to me it's like this creative for well not, creative isn't the right word this like mystical force or something mm-hmm. that's bigger than humanity
1: mm-hmm.
0: right and so he, seeing them he realizes he says everything I hope to find in the system control order perfection none of it meant a thing a hall of mirrors shattered by the isos right so that these new beings that just spontaneously manifest in, within his creation are pointing to something bigger mm-hmm. right so in a way i wonder if it's it's kind of uh, critiquing uh, the the arrogance of humankind
1: yeah right, right, right. Um, cuz he's he's tried to make a, a perfect world mm-hmm. you know he's tried to make a perfect little computer world um and you know, the, the the bigger question is: Is it possible for an imperfect person to create something perfect? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's I think the, the critique of humanity. Like humanity is necessarily we're 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 not. I hate to break it to our listeners, but we're not perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even even the best among us, all you know, we have flaws. Human humanity is flawed. Um, so, can we create something that's perfect that is without flaw that is flawless? Mm-hmm. Is that even possible? And I think uh, narratively or or metaphorically, the isos represent the you know, that sort of f- uh, uh, destroying of something perfect because we can't create something perfect. Therefore, this you know flaw comes out. Um, I, I don't. I don't. This is where the movie breaks down for me. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I just think that the, the myth of, of ISOs and everything is just too heavy for the, the movie yeah, to, yeah. to to sort of bear the weight of this weird plot point that is is confusing and
0: slows the movie down. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, and it holds out so much promise. I mean, because, you know, uh, he's like, disease history. Like, somehow these ISOs, if he can get them out yeah. into the our world, the right. real world, that we're going to be able to overcome disease. Create some sort of utopia. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. But... It's we got to really talk explains. about that sometimes. Yeah, the yeah. utopian impulse. Right. I don't think we've ever talked about that. I don't know if we've thought about that. Mm-hmm. See, Tron. Yeah. Movie. See, it's it it a jumping thing off of one. That. Yeah. See,
1: so okay, so this. <laughs> 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 it might not be a Buddhist movie, but this is what one of uh, one of the three ways of looking at it. Right. You can say it's either a Buddhist movie or um, what else would I say? There was a third one of you just using a movie to help explain Buddhist oh, yeah, ideas. Yeah. Um, and and that's or interpreting, a, jazz, in, man. interpreting a movie from a Buddhist point of view was the second one. But I think that we can use a movie or, or any film really to help us understand mm-hmm. uh, Buddhist ideas, even if the movie is not
0: explicitly Buddhist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, I'm moving on to the next plot point. Awesome. The the <laughs> um those like relaxation balls. I don't know. What we, you know how like you get you see them in like uh-huh. Chinatown, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're these two like ceramic balls or whatever and you like twist them around in your hand right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Clue has a pair mm-hmm. that he uses to control things okay and then uh, Flynn has a pair mm-hmm. but they're all pointy they're more like geometric like snowflake because yeah, well, they're, they're
1: bits from the first movie
0: right, right 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 so I was thinking about that though I wonder if like the bits are like the, the, the pointy part is like a one like on mm-hmm. right and the zero is like off yeah the, the round shape never mind <laughs> anyway, I wonder. See, th- <laughs> go on. I didn't like those because me, it just struck me as kind of cheesy. I don't even know what those balls are for. You know, relaxation? Know. Like I, I have, yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like this Asian kind of thing. You know, like so. It, again, it, to me, it seemed kind of like just kind of like gratuitous. Let's put in something kind of Asian-looking, and so I mean, in one sense, I think you could kind of say that the film just kind of uses these Buddhist Asian elements mm-hmm. um, just as kind of atmosphere.
1: Yeah. Which Um, is not surprising. I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah. So I would, I mean, I would be, I would critique that in the film. Um, if it's going to use the imagery, uh, as like a negative point or just as fluff, you know, just as to kind of, then, um, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, and there's a really interesting line where, um, where Flynn says, uh, because uh, Sam wants to fight. His son wants to get out. Yeah. He wants to get his dad, get out of this place, right? right. And then take Clue down. And then, but the father, um, Jeff Bridges, is like, no, you know, he he tried, but Clue fed on my resistance. The more I fought, right, the more powerful he became, right? So that, like, trying to resist created more resistance on the other side, and he wasn't able to do it, right? And so, so his whole thing then is to, it's amazing how productive doing nothing can be, right? Right, so that seems to be his kind of Zen approach: is to do nothing. Right, and so uh, we could probably put a positive spin on that, uh-huh. right, or try to like look for something in Zen like that says that. And I'm not saying that this is what Zen is. Right, this I, is I the portrayal is, of Zen right. in this alternate world. Right, right. Um, but ultimately, I think it's um, it gets critiqued in the film. Yeah, because so it doesn't this, work. Yeah, yeah. You um,
1: have to do something.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. I mean
1: if you really, if you really want to get deep about it, even doing nothing is doing something ah. right I mean even choosing to to not participate is itself a choice, and it's 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 active even when you're being passive mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know but I think as we, as we were saying before we started recording, um, I think that um, it's it's no surprise to me that there would be a critique of doing nothing because uh, part of American culture is very active. American culture likes to be likes the you know likes the good fight, and likes people to be active and uh, self motivated and, and working for change and all the kind of thing. You know how would you make a movie about doing nothing? Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, particularly in an action movie, right? It actually has to be some to have... foreign film. Yeah, totally, some lousy, you know, Buddhist in movie subtitles. from Asia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably all sepia down and stuff. <laughs> so I, I think that, you know, just from a point of view of, of making a movie, you have to have some sort of action, um, mm-hmm. you know. And add, it
0: works as an action. Yeah. Well, does it? I think that's, there's nothing to do with Buddhism. Does Tron Legacy work as an action film? I think it's even, <laughs> even that is kind of questionable. Like the action scenes are great, uh-huh. uh, but watching it critically this time to like, you know, write the um, lines out and everything, I was kind of surprised how much like boring talk time there
1: is. Yeah, there's a lot of narrative in the movie. Yeah, there's a lot
0: of narrative of like flashback kind of stuff, where Flynn's like telling Sam what happened, and or they're sitting talking on the boat, you know, on the on the solar sailor thing, and you know, just kind of like, okay, okay, let's have some action here. Um, I don't usually feel that way because I like to think that you know, movies do have offer something more than mere entertainment and explosions kind of thing, and I would hope. I think in a way, this film kind of does, but. Yeah. um, Maybe more of it's a bouncing off point. I don't know if we'll find that much meat in the film itself, uh, but we could use it as a kind of. A, um, uh, I already said it. Bouncing off point. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I love the first five ten minutes of this film uh-huh. so much. Like, and the music is really important in this film. Uh, the Daft Punk did the soundtrack. See. This is what I kind of wanted the Matrix soundtrack to be like. Because mm-hmm. the Matrix, I really liked the first Matrix movie when it came out. I saw it like five times in the theater probably and just really, really liked it. But I was disappointed with the music because I felt like this was an opportunity to do like electronic music and be uh, more groundbreaking on the soundtrack front. But it's just orchestra and maybe some choir stuff. You know, it's it's typ- typical soundtrack stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas this film uh, is, you know, Daft Punk or this French electronic Duo that are pretty groundbreaking. And oh, they were British. Not French. Oh. Daft Punk, Air, Justice. Like day. all these French <laughs> electronic bands. Yeah. <laughs> um. And they have another film called um Interstellar Five 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 that's amazing. And it's like their album. Um, and I forget the name of the album, but um, they had this Japanese animation master who did um Spaceship Yamato or Star Blazers that was known in the States. Uh uh he created this whole animated film story around the soundtrack, the Daft Punk soundtrack, right? So they've already been kind of involved in this kind of cutting edge kind of stuff. And in the film, there's, there's strings, there are like actual live instruments too, mm-hmm. but they're integrated with the electronics, and sometimes strings are doing things that sound like sequenced synthesizers, uh, a melody like at the, in the opening scene that's played on the synthesizer gets played by the orchestra later, and just really, really, um, the, the music is an integral part of the film. And that first five, ten minutes just blows me away, and it, it's, it's like that's the part of the film that I believe in, that like I really. And it starts with the whole thing of Sam uh, uh, Flynn, Jeff Bridges, like telling about how like I tried to imagine what it would be like in there. Right? And then uh, his son is like, and you got in, right? Like, yeah, I got in. And the theme goes, and then they're like flying down low. And then um, it's Flynn talking to his son, explaining. I mean, it's setting up backstory, but I, th- I just felt like it was really well done. Um, the music under the backstory parts is really good. So watching the film, uh, if you're into the music, it's like, it's interesting to watch how the music um, backs up yeah. The, yeah. Um, the story. Uh, just just inter- in really tied together. Yeah. Watching it this last time, kind of watching it with a critical eye. I th- I'm a little disappointed. I think um, overall, um, I'll have to watch it again, like in, a, in like a year or something, and just kind of like we'll just watch it and try and enjoy it and see what happens. Well, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think you, at some point you just need to yeah turn it off, step back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and turn off the critical stuff. But you that- know
1: what you need to do when you're when you're watching a movie like Tron, is you need to remove yourself from the equation,
0: right? Right. Bring- <laughs> Or the, oh, that's interesting. Or suspend disbelief. Get right? out of your way. And right. just we don't have time to lid. talk about that right now. Uh, but, uh, but maybe next time. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen.